welcome back to How to Save the Planet, the podcast where we dig into the solutions to climate breakdown and what they might mean for your life. I'm Fran. And I'm Finn. How's it going, Finn? Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty sunny day at the moment. It feels like the start of summer. Um, and obviously, I'm uh, responsibly enjoying the easing of lockdown. How about you? <laughs> Good. Very on brand. Uh, yeah, likewise. <laughs> sunny day in London. I'm going to get on my bike uh, after we finish recording. So looking forward to that. Nice. How many K? Give us a figure, Fran. Oh, mate, no, you're just going to embarrass me now. It's like <laughs> three or four K. It's a, it's a mini, mini ride. <laughs> uh, every, um, every little helps. And you're speaking to a man whose bike has lived in, uh, in the, the small cellar at the bottom of his house for over a year. So, you, yeah, you win. <laughs> oh, it's like a Harry Potter bike. <laughs> yeah, that's what I keep saying. Um, cool. So <laughs> let's get on with the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so uh, today uh, we're potentially with only a single Harry Potter reference, but let's see how we go. Uh, we're going to look at next month's elections, uh, what they mean for us, and what they could mean for the climate as well. Um, so remember, if you if you want to suggest something for us to explore, or if you have any questions, then to tweet us at at friends underscore Earth or use the hashtag hashtag how to save the planet. Um, first of all, though, let's have a catch up with what's been going on in the climate world and uh, some recent announcements. Um, Fran, do you want to take us through those? Sure, yeah. So President Biden is hosting a virtual summit for 40 world leaders where he's expected to announce that he's refreshing the US's carbon target, uh, pledging to halve emissions by 2030. Looks like China will also be at the summit. Um, so we await news as well from other countries and what they're going to do. A new EU target was agreed in Brussels for reducing carbon emissions by 55% by 2030. But like our own government's expected announcement of strengthened targets, they're hard to believe until we have the policy changes needed to make those happen. Boris Johnson is expected to announce that carbon emissions will be cut by 78% by 2035, compared with the 1990 level of carbon emissions. And again, although that's great to hear that these targets are being made, um, and being made you know, more robustly, we're concerned that the UK government is already struggling to meet its existing targets, which are less ambitious. Um, we're yet to see policies in action that will make those targets a reality. And while the government keeps backing new roads, new motorways, airport expansion, it's hard to be um, too optimistic. Back to the topic of today's podcast, Finn. So today uh, we're going to be talking about the upcoming elections in early May. So there's elections happening across much of England and Wales. Um, and depending where exactly you are, this might be voting for your local council or voting for your metro mayor. Or if you're in Wales, it'll be voting to elect members of the Senate, which is, of course, the Welsh Parliament. Uh, so it's an opportunity to start to change things in your local area and your local community and with that in mind you know it's obviously a, a huge opportunity to start to see some of the changes on climate that we really need to see whether that's 
you know, issues around air pollution and, and seeing the policies to, to respond to that or whether it's creating the green jobs that we need. Um, this is this is basically your chance to, to make your voice heard and to make sure that your candidates are aware that climate is an issue to you. Uh, so to understand what that actually looks like a bit more on the ground and to understand the types of things that we can actually change, we're going to speak to Connie and Jackie, who are two local campaigners from our network who have been doing amazing work speaking to their candidates and lobbying them and pushing them for the change that we need to see in our local areas. Just to add, we had some tech issues when we originally recorded this interview. So we're going to jump straight in and let Connie and Jackie tell you about what their groups have been up to ahead of the May elections. Connie is part of a climate action group in Croydon, South London, and Jackie is a member of a local group in Bristol. We recorded this a few weeks ago, so we'll pop back at the end just to let you know how their campaigns have been going. So I live in Croydon, which is um, the most uh, uh, populated borough of London. Um, It's a really, really diverse place, uh, not just sort of in terms of ethnicity, but, um, you know, sort of affluency, yeah, culturally, it's a it's a it's a really interesting um, and fantastic place to live. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've might have seen in the news that um, Croydon Council isn't in the best sort of position financially. Um, so one thing that that we want to do is is work with them and show them, you know, how they can save money, but also you know, help the, uh, help the planet at the same time, sort of starting from a local level. Um, I think it's, it's around 50% of, of, um, of emissions from Croydon come from housing. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of people that live here. I think it's 380,000 or so. Yeah. Um, and you know, only, only sort of, 10, 15% of the homes are properly insulated. So that's just one thing that, you know, we want to urge the council to look at. And whilst they did declare um, a climate emergency back in 2019 and set up the Croydon Climate Change Commission. <laughs> um, rolls off the tongue. You know, because of their financial position and, and lockdown and everything, it's n- not much has been done. So we... We want to, um, yeah, raise issues with the council and, um, yeah, try and make 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 Croydon better mm. for for everyone here. Um, and how much how much control uh, will your will your candidates have over? I mean, housing, for instance, which you mentioned. Well, so it's I guess it's important to say. So we, we are. It, our candidates from Croydon and Sutton are going for a seat in the London Assembly. Um, so it's not specific to Croydon and Sutton. You know, it, it's it's London-wide. But, but the London Assembly is really important for holding the mayor to account, um, who, you know, gets money from the government for projects and, and, and ch- changes um, in London. So... We have been asking the candidates from Croydon and Sutton to to take a pledge against 
Friends of the Earth's um, 10 point climate action plan. Um, and we, you know, we, we want them to hold the mayor to account to put the climate crisis at the heart of decision making. Well, in Bristol, we're, um, there's a unitary authority, but there's also a regional mayor. So we've got two layers of government and quite um, hefty layers, I would say, of local government. And um, so the competences are split between them. Um, one of the biggest issues in Bristol is traffic and transport. We have terrible traffic, lot of congestion, and about 23% of um, emissions come from that. That's, that's coupled with very poor bus service, not very much by way of trains. Um, and so it, it's, you know, it's, it has a reputation of being a cycling city because of Sustrans. Sustrans is um, based here. But actually, it's very hilly too. So it's not suitable for everybody. And also the very narrow road. So transport is one of the, the biggest issues. We've also only just got um, a clean air zone. We, we made a plan before Christmas that we wanted to have one-to-one meetings with all four of, you know, Labour, Conservative, um, Green Party and um, Lib Dems, the, the main candidates, um, and just ask them about, you know, their policies and, and their plans related to the environment. Um, we've managed to meet with the Green Party and the Lib Dem candidates one-to-one, um, and they were both really, really good conversations. Um, you know, we, we really drilled into to what they wanted to do if they were elected to the London Assembly. And, um, yeah, we, we haven't managed to, to have one-to-ones with the Labour and Conservative candidates, but... Um, but we're hosting a, a hostings as well. Um, and we've invited all four of the candidates. Um, as of today, we've actually got three of them, including so Green, Lib Dem and Conservative candidates coming, which is um, really exciting. Um, and we've started to get questions submitted from the public, you know, pe- uh, people's children. Um, we're going to reach out to schools to see if any students have got any questions as well. And we're basically just going to give you know each candidate a couple of minutes for an opening statement ask them these pre-submitted questions and then hear their closing remarks at the end um, and we're also planning to uh, write to, to local newspapers to to get some um, some press uh, <laughs> press interest as well so um, yeah it's, it's been really really exciting um, I've never really been involved with with anything like this before um, but yeah, it's it's been great, and I've had really good training from Friends of the Earth about you know your social media and and how to organise the hustings, and yeah, it's just it's it's been a great support. Yeah, Jackie, I was going to ask ask uh, the, the same of you. I mean, maybe to start first with meetings with your your candidates generally. Have you been having them, and how have they been going? And then I suppose as well, if if you've got hostings planned as well, it'd be great to hear about that. We've had uh, meetings for the regional mayor, so with the the four uh, the four same parties um, as Connie. So with the uh, Labour, Lib Dems, Conservative, and Greens, and uh, we took along virtually, um, 
the 10 points on the 10 asks that Friends of the Earth put together to try and get them to endorse them. As yet, I don't think any of the candidates have. They wanted to wait until the manifestos were published before committing themselves to anything. So we have to wait and see what's happening there. As far as the uh, city mayor is concerned, then we're just going to um, put written questions to the candidates because we don't have time to do both, really. We don't have time to um, set up meetings with both the, the regional and the, the city mayor. It's probably worth mentioning as well as the London Assembly elections. Obviously, we've got the London mayoral elections um, and I'm part of a, uh, a Friends of the Earth London network who have been um, contacting the list candidates for the mayoral elections you know, lots of different groups all over London. We we sort of made a little, um, you know, a group together to to approach the mayoral candidates too. Yeah, yeah, we've heard we've heard a good bit um, internally about that London uh, that London network and all the great work you're doing. I was actually going to try and tease that out a bit, so I'm glad you you went ahead and and, and told us about it anyway. Um, I was going to say. You know, it sounds like both of you are doing some incredible work with your um, respective groups and engaging on the elections and various levels. I wanted to know a little bit about um, how, you know, whether you've been doing any outreach with your wider communities around the elections, because I think I read somewhere that the last set of local elections in, you know, we're going to have Senate elections, mayoral elections and local elections in May. But the last set, I think only 30% of people voted. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on, yeah, whether whether you've come up against any barriers to trying to engage people, engage people in the wider community around the importance of these elections and, and what they mean for your areas. Yeah, um, I think where you, where you have regional mayors, then it, there is an issue of actually knowing what the different layers of um, government do, particularly as our regional mayors, you know, it's our regional authority is called WECA, and it doesn't mean anything to most people. It's West of England combined authority, but so there is an issue there. Also, we're a big city, well, biggish city, in quite a rural region, so there are different um, concerns amongst the, the voters, and different voting patterns as well. So, you know, it's quite a strong Labour city in a, a conservative and Lib Dem um, region, basically. So um, for the mayoral elections, we've joined with what other groups and we're looking to um, get information out through the um, uh, CPRE network as well to more rural areas because they have a coverage there whereas uh, Friends of the Earth have a coverage in the, in the towns and cities. And then we'll, we'll do media work as well to try and get the issue across. Yeah, I would, I would echo um, what Jackie said about, I, I think, yeah, there's, I mean, London Assembly, London mayoral elections, council by-election, you know, that, especially in somewhere as big as London with so many different types of elections and levels of government um, and councils, I think it can be really confusing. Um, but something that, that we want to sort of do to try and tackle this is um, really 
involve schools and young people because we think that that's going to be a really good link you know of of taking the information back to their parents and encouraging parents to vote and you know some some um especially some students in sit forms will be of the age that they can vote as well so we want to encourage that these elections just won't get as much coverage as, as general elections of course another sort of tactic that we've been trying is we've made it um, a list of of groups in Croydon you know like religious groups um you know schools environmental groups as well but a different range of groups and we've been contacting them and asking if they'll support us as well and you know uh, and asking them to tweet and, and um and sort of engaging with different groups not just environmental um so yeah that, that was just what i wanted to add <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no that's great you keep beating me to my questions because i was gonna oh. <laughs> i was gonna ask that one next because that's a, another <laughs> i think we know which is good that's great <laughs> that you've beaten me to it um <clears throat> yeah i think that's that's something that's really easy to to forget about if you're in a campaigning group and if you're at a particular moment a particular campaign moment where you're focusing on on you know let's say a decision maker it's it's easy to forget that that's a really really great opportunity to just build coalitions with other groups and to get into get into discussions with them and to sort of yeah really like fasten a, a closer bond with them that you can bring on beyond uh, that campaigning moment i don't know have you been doing anything similar jackie We've only got to the mapping stage, so we've been mapping mm. who who's important um, in terms of influence, but um, we haven't actually sent out the emails and uh, tweets yet. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I guess for anyone that's not not really experienced with campaigning, that might be listening, mapping is pretty much what it says in the tin. You sit down and sort of. Um, yeah, draw up a map of different groups in your area that you could talk to and that you could start to build a relationship really. And it can sort of be as simple as just having regular conversation and just because at the end of the day, that's kind of what what a, a strong movement is going to be built on. It's going to be built on relationships between people and sort of having that trust. And when there's uh, when there's a moment to sort of galvanize around, the, it, it can really help to do that. Um, and we're saying as well that the Friends of the Earth runs training on how to sort of map out those connections in your community. Nice um, little plug there. Finn. <laughs> oh, yeah. never miss an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Connie and Jackie, it sounds like both of you are incredibly active in your groups and quite far down the climate activism sort of route. Is there any advice you'd give to people who um, aren't part of a group and, and want to affect change in their community? What would be their first port of call? Well, I suppose it depends on what you're interested in particularly. Uh, but there are lots of groups out there and lots of groups wanting to build their uh, membership. Anybody interested in campaigning will be welcome anywhere, I think, depending on their interest. Um, and also people don't have a lot of time. So people who can even give a little bit of time to a campaign are welcome. 
It really is. It really is so simple as just grabbing an email address sometimes off a off a website. I know that's how I joined my local group. Um, so had a similar sort of revelation to as uh, as Connie of sitting around during lockdown, being like, "Oh, I think I need to do something a bit more fulfilling than um, than Netflix." I didn't know you're in a local group, Fran. That's uh, that's oh, nice to hear. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Just keeping that on the down. Yeah, line. very quiet indeed. <laughs> um, I, I I love that you that you put it that way Jackie I I often think about it in those terms that groups you know they want people to come in the room they want people to show up their, to their meetings and just be there in some regards that's almost enough because yeah you're keenly aware of the fact that we need way way more people in this movement if we're going to win the thing at all when you're in a group so just by virtue of having a few extra people in the room you know, already sort of adds to that. And yeah, you know, we should always try and make our groups welcoming spaces where people can come along and just sit there and listen for for the first few meetings. And they don't necessarily have to do anything. They definitely don't have to feel like they're an expert, but just come along and, and listen and just be there is, is a really important first step. Something that I felt certainly at the beginning was quite overwhelmed with how much it seems like there is to do. And, you know, there is a lot that we all as a planet have to do. Um, But I think just remembering that even, you know, the smallest changes that each person makes are important because if everyone did those small changes, it would be a huge change. Um, So I would say try, you know, there's a lot of stuff um, on the internet and, and documentaries and you know it's great to do as much as you can but even if you can only do um, you know cutting down on meat cutting down on dairy if you can um, and, you know doing some research speaking to your friends about you know getting them to, to think about making little changes um, you know switching from you know single use plastics to, to more re, um, you know longer term reusable um products and and sustainable products and things like that um i just think it's it is really easy to to you know doom scroll you know see a lot (laughs) when you you know on social media everything seems um seems a bit (laughs) a bit bleak sometimes but yeah just just remembering that you're not on your own there are lots and lots of people that want to make change even little change and it starts it starts locally and 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 you know builds upwards so yeah that's a really good piece of advice and i think it's important as well to have in mind um you know to combat that doom scrolling is to look to examples of places that you'd like to emulate or you know i remember um when I went to Yorkshire, I think a couple of years ago and, and coming across a place called Todmorden and they had some sort of scheme whereby they were growing uh, vegetables in, in local places so that people could go along and like pick their own veg. And I remember just being bowled over by how uh, simultaneously nice. cute and like mm. forward thinking that was. Mm. Um, is there anything that either of you would like to see in your local area that sort of, it's like your utopia, um, you know, a vision for your local area? Well, here in the very local area, I suppose I'd like to see more trees. Um, I live in an area which is, um, it does have a a common, but it's um, the streets themselves are actually not very green. Um, And that makes it quite 
bleak at times. Yeah, so just on a similar vein to Jackie, um, you know, we're, we're lucky that Croydon's got some really fantastic uh, big green spaces, lots of parks, um, you know, lots of trees. Um, but yeah, there, there doesn't seem to be much, you know, there's lots of traffic, not really any, you know, cycle lanes, cycle provisions. Um, you know, even something I looked at for myself is, you know, I want to, to um, well, but I wouldn't be able to afford an electric vehicle, but I'd like to, you know, get rid of my car. Um, and I was looking in to see if there was any, you know, car hubs or sharing schemes or anything like that. And there's nothing really locally, um, especially that's affordable, you mm. know, rather than just renting a, a car with mm. you know, a big company or anything. Um, yeah, just things that would make it make life easier for, for residents to to be more you know, mindful about the environment. Well, to try and um, to try and sort of end this on a positive note, what is it, Connie, that that gives you hope that we can achieve some good climate-friendly measures in the future? There's been a lot of good stuff, and I'm just trying to think that even even just looking at our Croydon Climate Action Group, you know, because of lockdown and, and people leaving the group and whatever, it had become quiet. Even since October last year. Um, you know, we've managed to get more people, you know, aware of the elections. We've organised the hustings in which three out of the four main candidates at the time of recording <laughs> um, are attending. And, you know, and we've had questions from, you know, from children wanting to ask the representatives about, you know, what are they going to do for their future, which I think is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel very optimistic. That, that you know you can make change on a local level no matter how small yeah nothing like a, a bit of sort of engagement from children uh, and some and some happiness to to lift the spirit there what about you Jackie um well I think it's the environment is now on the political agenda um here in Bristol you know both councils have declared a climate emergency both councils um state that their plans that, that that they are going to achieve it so um i think that's a huge step forward from six years ago when we last had um we have moved on we're not perhaps where we want to be completely but we have moved on to throw my own two cents in if <laughs> if i'm allowed uh, i can't i don't know sometimes i think these days that we don't really you don't really find hope, but you can make it in, you know, you can make it in one another more, more so than finding it. And you make it. And the way you do that is by coming together, um, you know, typically by joining a group and, and hope is something that's, that's more active that you have to sort of work on day to day rather than look out into the world and, and readily see it. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, sorry. I was just going to add, no, 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 add that I think politicians do respond to pressure from groups. They may, yeah. they may not follow it Absolutely. through, but their rhetoric changes. And, and, I, and I think if it's sustained, then there's, a, there's the possibility of them changing. You know, yeah. It comes to the point where they can't get away with it anymore, so they have to. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's the end goal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, you know, if, if someone did want to join you guys uh, on putting pressure on the local leaders, where could they find you, Connie? Where can someone find Croydon yeah, Climate so Action? Yes, so we've got... Um, We've got a website, CroydonClimateAction.com. Uh, we're on, you, you, on on the website. You can find all of our links to um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm just trying to think, was any more? Um, and you can email us as well at CroydonClimateAction at gmail.com. Um, we, we we're holding monthly meetings with our uh, with members uh, on the second Wednesday of each month at half six. Um, and yeah, just just get in touch. Um, even if you you know you don't live in Croydon and Sutton, and you want to set up a group in your own area and want tips or you know templates or anything like that, we'd be more than happy to to provide you know any anything <laughs> anything that you want. Ah, uh, that's really generous of you. Thank yeah. you. Um, how about you, Jackie? How can people get in touch? So we've got a, a Bristol Friends of the Earth Facebook page. They can um, get in touch with with us via there. Um, there's also a link on there to our uh, website, and um, both of them should have the details of our monthly meetings. So anybody's welcome to join us each month. Um, and if they want to send us a, a message via the uh, Facebook page, then we'll be happy to answer. Great. Great. Yeah, uh, at the very least, you, you you'll get to meet people as lovely as Connie and Jackie if you get in touch. Yeah. So yeah, if you're listening <laughs> in those areas, go for it. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for coming on and um, chatting through your plans for these upcoming elections. Uh, it sounds like you're both holding your, you know, prospective local decision makers to account, mm. um, and I hope that you get a few new recruits off the back of this podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. This interview was recorded a couple of weeks ago, but we've since had updates from Jackie and Connie's campaigns. Um, so in relation to, to Jackie's campaign, um, uh, herself and the, and the Bristol group and the coalition of groups that have formed in the area to put pressure on the Metro mayoral candidates for the West of England, managed to get every single candidate to take our climate pledge, which is obviously brilliant. No matter who wins the election, uh, we'll be able to hold them, hold them to account in terms of the commitments that they've given uh, in in our climate pledge. Uh, and Fran, you're going to give us an update on Croydon, I believe. Yeah, yeah. so um, Connie's group did really well. Um, all of the candidates standing in Croydon attended uh, the group's climate action hustings. And Connie said there was a really good discussion. All candidates have agreed that climate is a priority and also spoke about their plans to make real change. Uh, it attracted over 50 people to the online event, many of whom asked questions. And you can see, you can actually watch the recording on their website soon, uh, CroydonClimateAction.com. So a huge well done to both of those groups and everyone who's been campaigning to get their candidates to take climate pledges. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess maybe just to to reflect on 
uh, the chat we we had with Connie and Jackie as well. Uh, fantastic work going on around the elections, and for me, one of the sort of exciting takeaways more broadly was to get another bit of an insight into into how our groups are are you know sort of set up to bring newcomers into the movement and and to you know how they're they're run by such lovely welcoming people as as Jackie and Connie um which yeah there's just something that I I guess I always try and communicate to to people I I talk to about the environmental movement whenever possible that uh, by and large, it's just a really open, welcoming place, and that if you if you want to come along and just sit in, uh, sit in on a group meeting to to sort of see what what it's all about, well then you should absolutely go for it. Um, for one thing, if we're going to win, that's what we need to happen. We need a lot more people coming along and. We definitely are not looking for experts to come and join our ranks. We just want normal people who who want to do something, and groups are the place to go if 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 that's the position you find yourself in. Um, any standouts for you, Fran? Yeah, definitely. Just um, like you said, how friendly and welcoming uh, Connie and Jackie both were. Um, I thought it was really interesting to hear a little bit about uh, the longevity of campaigning and how fulfilling being part of a group and doing something proactive can feel and just to reiterate Finn's point there like yeah we're super keen to get people on board with those existing groups so if you don't know whether there's a group or not in your area go to takeclimateaction.uk forward slash join where you can pop in your postcode and check out whether anything's happening close to you. Um, And in terms of getting involved in the elections, uh, we are currently running a few actions um, aimed at the metro mayoral elections, which are happening in seven or eight places across the country. So you can head to friendsoftheearth.uk forward slash elections slash 2021, sorry, elections hyphen 2021, uh, and check out whether your local candidates your your mayoral candidates have taken our action pledge uh that's a pledge to prioritize the climate if they're elected so i think that's it from us um don't forget to vote on 6th of may it's our chance to have a say in the future of our communities and we hope that you'll listen in next time